You're listening to the Liam Photography Podcast. I'm your host, Liam Douglas, and this is episode 16. In today's episode, I'm going to be talking about the new firmware for the Canon EOS R full-frame mirrorless camera, as well as new Canon rumors that have come out just recently. All this on episode 16 of the Liam Photography Podcast. You're listening to the Liam Photography Podcast. I'm your host, Liam Douglas, and this is episode 16. So at the beginning of the year, Canon announced that they would be releasing a new firmware update in the first part of 2019. It would improve their eye detect autofocus, as well as their continuous shooting capabilities when using silent mode and new AF tracking capabilities. Well, I'm here to announce that Canon has officially released firmware version 1.2.0 for the EOS R. The enhancements, and I'm getting this information from CanonRumors.com, iDetect AF supports Servo AF when shooting still images, now available when shooting movies regardless of movie server AF setting, Small AF frame size supports server, servo AF when shooting still images, now available when shooting movies regardless of movie servo AF setting. I can say that I do personally like the smaller autofocus box. I, I personally thought that the autofocus uh, blocks that pop up when you're getting your focus lock on the USR were a little bit big for my taste. The new one is considerably smaller, and I like it a whole lot better. In addition to the enhancements, this firmware also fixes, under certain conditions, the electronic level displayed in the electronic viewfinder did not display properly. Under certain conditions, information displayed in the electronic viewfinder was not properly rotated. And under certain conditions, updating the firmware for the wireless file transmitter WFTE7 was not possible. Now, the First and the third fix, I personally didn't have any trouble with. My electronic level has always worked properly in the electronic viewfinder. But I can state that I did sometimes have occasions where if I rotated my EOS R as I was looking through the viewfinder, it did not properly rotate from landscape to portrait mode and then back to landscape again. Sometimes it would get stuck in the vertical portrait format even after I had turn the camera back down to the horizontal format. So I did personally have that issue. Now, just to let everybody know, Canon had announced a few days ago that they were gonna be dropping the 1.2.0 firmware on April 18th, which is today. For some reason, it was actually available on Canada, uh, the Canon Canada site yesterday morning. So 1.2.0, if you were on the, the Canadian site for Canon, instead of Canon USA, you were able to download the firmware fairly early in the morning yesterday. I found out about it from one of the Canon EOS R uh, Facebook groups that I'm in. And I don't know why, but as of late last night, the last time I checked Canon USA, they still did not have 
1.2.0 listed as available to download on their site, they still only showed 1.1.0. So I went ahead and went to the Canadian site, grabbed a copy of the firmware, put it on my camera, put it on Janice's camera, absolutely no issues. I do like the enhancements to the autofocus. It works much better. I have not tried continuous shooting in silent mode yet because I, I almost never use silent mode. I don't shoot things like weddings. Um, I do do wildlife, but I do that with my DSLRs that are faster, like my 1DX Mark II. So I haven't had an occasion yet to actually test whether or not the continuous shooting while silent shutter is activated actually does work, but I'm assuming it does since all of the other enhancements and fixes do seem to be there that, that Canon announced in this firmware release. So pretty exciting. It makes the Canon EOS R's autofocus system yet more powerful. It gets it closer. It still may not be on par with the quality of Sony's eye detect autofocus, but at least Canon is getting closer, which is a positive thing. And one of the reasons why I told everybody for years that there was no way I was going to drop all of my Canon stuff and switch to Sony because I knew it was only a matter of time before Canon would get on the mirrorless full frame bandwagon. And then once they did, they would go gangbusters. And it looks like that's exactly what is happening now. So the first rumor I want to talk about is there is a new rumor that Canon has yet to drop a professional EOS R body in the 2019 calendar year. So according to an interview with one of the Canon executives with Canon Europe, Canon is supposedly possibly going to be releasing a 70 plus megapixel EOS R camera in 2019 with IBIS, which is the in-body image stabilization. We don't know anything concrete yet. He said that, yeah, that's basically the million dollar question, whether or not we're going to drop a pro body this year. But the rumor mills that are circulating this information usually are fairly accurate. And this, again, ties back to one of my earlier episodes uh, where I made my predictions for 2019. And I told all of my listeners in that episode of the podcast, and you can find it on the leofphotographypodcast.com website. You can also find all the past episodes in iTunes, Google Play, and any other uh, software that you're using for podcasting. But in that episode, I predicted that there was a strong possibility that either before the end of 2019 or right at the very beginning of 2020, Canon was going to announce a third EOS R camera that was going to be a pro body. Now, when I say pro body, I'm not saying that Canon's getting ready to release their 1DX Mark II mirrorless full frame killer. That's not going to happen. The rumors currently as they are over the last month or so are that Canon is planning to release a 1DX Mark III for their high-end pro body that's specifically geared for sports action, like motor car racing, motorcycle racing, the Olympics, stuff like that. Now, we do have the 2020 Summer Olympics coming up in Tokyo next year. Most people are speculating that Canon's going to release a brand new pro sports body before the Olympics happen. So more than likely that camera body will drop 
either very late 2019 or very early into 2020. And the rumor mills are currently saying, per canonrumors.com and some other sites, that it will be a 1DX Mark III full-frame DSLR, not a mirrorless body. So when I go back to this current rumor that I'm talking about, when I say pro-body, the current rumor is Canon plans yet in 2019 to drop a 5D SR-like body that is an EOS R model. Now, I don't know if they're going to call it the EOS R slash S or EOS R slash R, because if you remember with the 5D uh, high-end 50 megapixel 5D body, they went with a 5D S and a 5D SR, and the only difference between the two was one of the filters on the sensor. One had it and the other one didn't. So as I predicted in, I believe it was episode two of my podcast, or maybe it was one, uh, where I talked about my predictions for 2019, I believe that this new pro body that's being hinted at coming out this year is going to be a 70 plus megapixel, possibly even 100 megapixel. Canon's been playing around with a 100 megapixel sensor for a couple of years now, and they probably, quite probably have it perfected now. But the rumor is it's going to be at least a 70 megapixel, possibly higher, dual memory card, pro body, in an EOS RF mount format. Which means, as I predicted in that earlier episode, this is more than likely going to be the replacement for the EOS 5DS and 5DSR, which I have the 5DSR. I love that camera. It is a fantastic DSLR. The sensor in it is amazing. It's not medium format, which is a body I would love to have someday for commercial work. But from what most of the experts say, it's about as close as you can get to medium format without actually having medium format. So if Canon's coming out with a mirrorless EOS R derivative, it's got a 70 or 100 megapixel sensor. That's going to be a massive, massive game changer especially if it's got in-body image stabilization, eye detect autofocus. Another new rumor that I almost forgot about is Canon apparently filed a patent for a new autofocus system that's called Quad Pixel AF. And this Quad Pixel AF, built on the current technology of their Dual Pixel AF, will basically effectively give you eight-way pixel AF. So not just two, not going from two to four, but actually going from two to eight. So we'll have to see how that works out. The information about the patent looks extremely promising, especially um, if you're shooting in, in portrait mode with your camera, but you're shooting a landscape scene. Um, the dual pixel AF doesn't always work well for that. I don't know personally because I haven't tried it with that. Mostly for my personal belief, the dual pixel is more like something you would use if you're vlogging or something like that, or you're filming somebody, you know, because it's going to do a better job of maintaining focus on your subject and the camera doesn't get distracted by other things in the background. So rumor right now is an EOS R body. Their third one for 2019 is going to drop at some point later this year, 30 megapixel plus sensor dual memory card slots, at least one of those slots will be SD. Now the question is, will the second slot be compact flash like the 5D S and SR, 
or will it be one SD card slot and a CFAST slot, which I would personally rather see the CFAST slot as the secondary because compact flash is getting kind of long in the tooth. It's been around forever. Um, I have plenty of compact flash cards for my bodies that use them, which is the EOS 5DSR and my EOS 1DX Mark II. They both use compact flash and it works okay. Um, but I would much rather have CFAST. I kind of wish that Canon, when they did the 1DX Mark II, I wish instead of a compact flash and a CFAST, they would have just went with two CFAST slots. That would have been a lot better. Now, granted, CFAST memory is more expensive, but it's also a heck of a lot faster and more durable because you don't have to worry about the little pins getting bent and stuff like that or debris getting into the pinholes. The CFAST card, if you look at the interface side of a CFAST card, it actually looks like a SATA hard drive. It's got one long port, one short port, and they look pretty much just like an eSATA interface for uh, an eSATA hard drive in your computer. So is this camera going to come out? I think there's a strong probability that it will come out, that Canon's going to blow everybody's minds. Like I said in an earlier episode, when I was at Imaging USA for 2019, I spent a lot of time at the CPS lounge talking to a Canon employee who's been with the company for almost 30 years. And I was talking to him at length about the mirrorless camera war and what everybody's saying out there and what I've been telling everybody that I personally felt was going to happen. And again, as I mentioned in that episode, I, I told, I've been telling everybody that when Canon enters the full frame mirrorless market, you watch, it's not going to take them more than maybe 18 months, 24 months tops for them to be a serious threat to Sony. And if Canon is dropping a third EOS R body this year, and this one's going to be a pro body with IBIS, dual memory card slots, and a 75 to 100 megapixel sensor, that's going to be a game changer. That is really, really going to give Sony a hard time. So we'll have to wait and see if that body does drop later this year. But I am excited and I'm hopeful. I'm not going to run out and buy one. I was having this discussion with my girlfriend Janice yesterday. And I said, look, you know, even if Canon does come out with a pro body in the EOS R, you know, RF system, I'm not going to run right out and buy one. I'm totally happy with my EOS R. So I have a mirrorless full frame that I use for my full-time real estate photography. It does a great job. And right now, I don't have massively high shutter counts on my three DSLR bodies. I have the 1DX Mark II, the 5DSR, and the 6D Mark II. All of my cameras are still in pretty much mint condition with reasonably low shutter counts. I, you know, I don't go crazy with them as far as the shutter count. So even if Canon does drop a dual memory card EOS R body, Pro body this year as a replacement for the 5DS and SR, chances are I'm not going to run right out and buy it right away. Maybe things will change, you know, next year. I don't know. We'll wait and see, but I don't think so. I think I'm going to finish using, you know, most of the life out of my current DSLRs, which are fantastic cameras. Most of my glass is still EF. Now I know with the control ring adapter, which I do have, Janice and I both have for our EOS Rs, we can use our EF and EFS lenses on them. But still, being I still have a large investment in high-quality EF L-series glass, and I have three DSLRs and only one mirrorless full-frame, I'm going to stick with my pro bodies in the DSLR arena for the time being. And then at some point down the road, 
when my DSLRs are getting a little bit long in the tooth and their shutter life is getting to the end of the road, then I'll look at, you know, getting one of these pro bodies um, in the USR RF format. But we'll wait and see what happens. Now, the next rumor that I wanted to bring up, because this has been one that a lot of people have been kicking around for a while now, and this rumor is the EOS 7D Mark II, the last in the 7D series. And according to CanonRumors.com, it is. A lot of people had been speculating that Canon was going to drop a 7D Mark III at some point this year. But now their sources are telling them that no, Canon is not going to come out with a 7D Mark III. They're going to see a replacement for the EOS 80D, which will move slightly up market to cover the prosumer and enthusiast APS-C shooters. So more than likely, it's going to be the EOS 90D. And the 7D Mark II series is done. Uh, Canon's not going to make any more. They're not going to continue the line with the new generation like they did with the 5D, you know, Mark III and now Mark IV. The 7D Mark II is going to be the last model of Canon's 7D series, which is a great little crop body camera that's capable of high frame rate. So it's great for shooting sports and wildlife. A lot of people love it. I've got several friends that have the 7D Mark II, including my friend Jeff Harmon from the Master Photography Podcast. Uh, that's what he uses to shoot uh, high school basketball with, and he loves it. And several of my local friends and camera clubs here in Georgia have the 7D Mark II, and they love it as well. It is a very good APS-C body. It's very fast. It has dual memory card slots. So it's a fantastic prosumer body that you can use for shooting sports, whether it's NASCAR, basketball, baseball, doesn't matter. That camera will get the job done. And it's a reasonably priced body. So those are the big rumors um, from Canon for the time being. As I mentioned earlier, if you want to get the version 1.2.0 firmware from your, for your EOS R, go ahead and grab it from the Canon Canada site. I'll put a link to that in the show notes of this episode. I'll give you the direct link right to the page where you can click, you know, and select whether you need it for Mac or Windows, and you can go ahead and download it, get that installed on your body. Oh, and another thing I almost forgot about on the firmware front, Canon did also drop new firmware for their current RF lenses. Now, I can't confirm that there's new firmware for all of the RF lenses. I personally have the EF 35 millimeter RF lens, the STM lens. There was a new firmware for that. Uh, the folks on the USR groups that I'm in on Facebook said there was also a firmware update for the 24 to 105 F4 LIS RF mount. And both of those firmware versions are 2.0. So apparently, if you remember in one of my earlier episodes when I talked about the EOS R before I actually got mine, the EOS R's new RF mount is physically the same diameter as the EF mount. So my big complaint was, well, why did they come out with another mount? Well, apparently with the RF mount, the shorter flange distance allows them to make smaller lenses because they can get the rear element closer to the sensor on a mirrorless body. And the... RF lenses also have 12 copper contact points on their mount instead of eight, like the EF 
lenses have and the EFS lenses. And the reason for that is those four extra contacts, I believe, not only have to do with the control ring on the native RF mount lenses, because all of those lenses do have the customizable control ring that you can set for ISO, aperture, shutter speed, wherever you want. But those extra four contacts, I believe, are also the communication system that allows the EOS R to update the firmware on its lenses directly. So in other words, after I updated my EOS R last night to 1.2.0, I went back to the website, pulled up the details for my RF 35mm f1.8 STM macro lens, downloaded the 2.0 firmware for it, popped it into the root directory of my SD card for the EOS R, put it in the camera, booted it up, went into the menu, went to firmware, and once I had the RF lens mounted on the camera, when you go into the firmware, you will see the firmware for the camera body and for any native RF lens that's attached. I just selected the lens that I want to update firmware. It found the new file on the SD card and upgraded the firmware on the lens for me. I love that. I think it's great. I know Sigma especially, and I guess now Tamron, both give you the ability on their higher end lenses to update the firmware yourself, you don't have to send it into one of their repair centers to have the firmware updated. You can do it yourself now. But unless things have changed, last I had heard from anybody that had bought one, Sigma and Tamron's USB cradle that you have to mount the lens in to update the firmware using your computer ran between $200 and $300. I could be wrong. That's what I've been told by several sources. I don't know for certain because I haven't gone on uh, Sigma, Sigma or Tamron's uh, website and looked, but I do know that both of them offer a USB dock to upgrade the firmware yourself on any of their high-end, like the Sigma Art lenses and the Tamron, I think it's their SP high-end lenses is what Tamron calls there. So you can update the firmware. I love the fact that Canon with the EOS R gives you the ability to update the firmware for any RF lenses directly through the body. That is awesome. To me, that's huge, and it saves the consumers money, especially when Canon does something stupid, like giving you the ability to charge the EOS R with USB-C cable, but only if you buy their $200 adapter. <laughs> I thought that was... Uh, Canon does some things sometimes that just gives me headaches, drives me crazy. Uh, people will call me a Canon fanboy because I own all Canon gear. I do have one or two third-party lenses, but most of my lenses are either the USM gold band lenses or L lenses, which are Canon's luxury glass, of course. But Canon does do plenty of things that frustrates the crap out of me, and one of them was the decision to create a proprietary USB charging system that they soaked the customers $200 to buy. I thought that was asinine. Pardon my French. I thought it was retarded. The Sony and the Nikon mirrorless full frames, you can just charge the battery while it's in the camera using any standard USB-C cable and you're good to go. Why Canon thought they had to be a pain in the butt and come out with a proprietary USB charger, I don't know. Canon loves to do things their own way and 
who am I to argue with them? You know, they've been doing things their own way for over a hundred years, and I don't think they're going to change their policies anytime soon. So there isn't much point in complaining about it. I just wanted to piss and moan a little bit. <laughs> so there you have it. Now, another thing I wanted to touch on real quick before I wrap up this episode is in case you're not aware, there are some deals going on on Canon gear. So if you want to get the Canon EF 100-400 f4.5-5.6 L IS Mark II lens, which is one that I have. It's a fantastic lens, fantastic long telephoto zoom. Works great if you have the one dot four times teleconverter or the two times teleconverter, and I've got both. This is hands down one heck of a wildlife lens. This lens is amazing, and right now it is on sale for $15.59, marked down from its normal price of $17.99. And I will put a link to it in the show notes. This isn't a any kind of third-party uh Gimmick, this is actually a $200 discount. Actually, on Canon Rumors, it was a typo. The normal price is $17.59, and it's on sale right now for $15.59.20. Don't ask me why the $0.20. Cents. That's kind of odd. But Now, this is for a refurbished one. It's directly on shop.usa.canon.com. And like I said, I'll put a link to it in the show notes. It is a refurb, but I can tell you from dealing with Canon all the years that I've been a Canon shooter, another thing that Canon does, very similar to what Apple does, and uh, another example of how the two companies have a very similar mindset and business model, is when Canon or Apple, either one, when they refurb a piece of gear, you are basically getting a brand new piece of gear at a discount. Both companies, when they refurb a camera body or a lens on Canon's side or an iPhone or iPad on Apple side or an Apple TV or a Mac Mini or whatever, they basically take the body apart, they yank out all the guts, throw them away or recycle them or whatever they do with them, and they put all brand new guts back into the existing body. So when they say refurb, you're basically getting a brand new lens or device or whatever the case may be. But, you know, there is a slim possibility it could have a few minor, you know, scuff marks or blemishes on the outside. I personally never had that happen. I've bought refurbs from both companies a few times over the years. And my God, their refurbs, when they arrived at my house and I took them out of the box, they looked just as brand new as a brand new device. You couldn't tell the difference. They do give you the full warranty on it. So you're not missing out there. But hey, you can save yourself $200. You get the one-year limited manufacturer warranty included, and you can find that deal, like I said, at shop.usa.canon.com. So if you're thinking about getting yourself a new wildlife or sports lens that's got some reach, that is definitely a lens that I highly recommend. And now, I know some of you are probably saying, well, why would you recommend it for sports? It's 4.5 to 5.6. Well, 4.5 to 5.6 is not really that bad, especially if you're shooting outdoor sports. Now, yes, if you're shooting indoor sports like basketball or hockey or something like that, you're probably going to want to go with a 70 to 200 f2.8. But if you're like me and the outdoor sports that I shoot on occasion is stuff like NASCAR or motorcycle racing here on the tracks in Georgia, which we have quite a few racetracks in this state, or if I'm going to go and shoot local high school soccer, all of those sports take place outdoors. 
during the day with a ton of ambient sunlight and a four, five to five, six lens is going to be plenty wide enough aperture wise for you to get amazing images. And like I said a little bit ago, I can tell you from personal experience, the, the Canon 100 to 400, 4556 IS USM L Mark II is an incredible lens. I had the Mark I, I bought the Mark II when that came out because my Mark I I had bought used. I wanted to get a brand new Mark II um, with the full warranty and everything. So I bought the new one. I sold my old one. Pretty much got all my money back that I paid for the old one used. I made all my money back. So I broke even on that. And I got this brand new model, the Mark II edition, and it has been fantastic. Hands down, I'd like some of the minor tweaks and changes that Canon made to the lens design. And it's just an incredible lens for shooting outdoor sports. So I highly recommend if you have the budget in your pocket, run out and grab that lens while you can get it for $200 off. I guarantee you will not regret buying that lens. All right, well, that is all I wanted to cover on today's episode of the Liam Photography Podcast. You've been listening to episode 16. I want to thank all of my listeners for subscribing, rating, and reviewing in iTunes, Google Play, or any other software that you might be using to play this podcast. Please be kind enough to share this podcast out to your friends and relatives on social media and ask them to subscribe, rate, and review as well. We really appreciate it. And I will see you all again next week in episode 17.